Hey guys, it's Renee from Throwing Down with Renee and Misha. On this podcast, we have the one, the only WWE Hall of Famer, the hardcore legend himself, Mick Foley. We talk to him about the 20 years of Randy Orton. We get into some pretty good Randy stories with Mick Foley. Then we also swing things over to AEW and talk the Owen Hart Foundation tournament and what Mick feels about that. Here he is. This is Mick Foley. Joining us right now, WWE Hall of Famer, the hardcore legend, Mick Foley is here on the show with us. Mick, it's so good to see you. How are you? Uh, I'm great, Renee. Uh, thanks for having me on. I know we've been talking about doing this for a while and finally mm-hmm. making it happen. It's happening. Yes. Yes. We're excited to have you. And uh, speaking of exciting, you are in the midst of your nice day tour. And I thought this was kind of cool, a little coinky dink that uh, tomorrow, April 26th, you're going to be at the Tacoma Comedy Club. Tacoma happens to be my stomping grounds, born and raised Washingtonian from Tacoma. Um, tell us a little bit about what people in the Tecompton area can expect from you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's it's a comedy club, but um, it's a it's a storytelling show. I um I did a I did I did a lot of open mics. I did a lot of shows where I did a bunch of things this is going back about 10 years. I was doing anything but wrestling and then you come to realize that you're kind of driving away the people who most <laughs> want to hear you by not talking about the things you want them to you know you that they want to hear and so what i did is i was on a, i was on a flight from uh, i think new york to los angeles and i knew diamond dallas page was going to be in the audience and so i rewrote a story from my uh 1999 book have a nice day rewrote it from the page for the stage and that night when I felt it coming together, you know, and I'm getting like laughs where I hope you get laughs and, and I'm editing as I go, I'm thinking in my head, okay, this bit, this, this little story's going a little too long. So let me edit it here. And when I finished, I didn't feel so much like a guy who just goes out there and does the greatest hits. I kind of felt like Willie Nelson, like on a free form jam, you know, because I saw <laughs> Willie Nelson perform at an event uh, where my wife and I used to go on Long Island and you'd see people either on their way up or people whose careers had peaked years or sometimes decades earlier. Um, and so sometimes I'd see people who didn't look like they truly wanted to be out there. They're just going through the motions. And then I saw Willie Nelson play. And within about two minutes, I thought to myself, there's no place this guy would rather be than right here on this stage at this moment. And it really just it made me see the potential in doing a story, just a pure wrestling storytelling show. So Misha, when I go to the, the comedy club, uh, I will be taking people on a stroll down memory lane and uh, trying to put uh, big smiles on their faces, create some laughs. But there's only four tickets left for that show. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Whoa. Get on that. Um, I have personally seen you on tour before. I've seen some of what this show may be. I mean, yeah, like you said, you've been doing this for, for some time, so I have been able to see it. I highly recommend you get out and see Mick in his element on the stage doing his thing. Coming uh, to Vegas at all? You in I was like, stories. might be able to get down in Vegas. I, um, I did a couple stops in Vegas uh, right before the pandemic, and uh, we might hit there again because we're going all around the West Coast. 
I mean, I just came from the Southwest, uh, caught a flight from uh, um, El Paso, and we're working our way down the okay. coast. We're going to Oma, Portland, Eureka, California, uh, Sacramento, San Jose, and then uh, three uh, L.A.-based stops. Sounds so. like you are due to come back to Vegas. Let me know if you do, because I'll do my <laughs> best to make it at the show. Nick, did you I, do I, a joint I, show with Dolph? Was Dolph on a yeah. show with you? You know, uh, Dolph joined me uh, in Arizona, and in uh, Tucson, he joined me in Tucson and Phoenix. And whenever I start, you see, Dolph, he works really hard. Um, and uh, you know, a lot of guys, you know, they want to do the Q and A part, you know, where they want to go out, and they want to do a Q and A, and 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 Dolph and I know, like, that's kind of cheating. Like, you're looking for all the benefits without any of the work. Uh, <laughs> And I mean, it's great if you can get that gig. Um, And a lot of guys have, but I always tell Nick, look at my schedule. I know how hard you work, any dates you want to do. And so he's got two more uh, uh, dates with me. He's got Irvine, California, and Ontario, California. And he's part of the meet and greet also. So it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. out there. That's so cool. Um, yeah, definitely jump on this. If Mick is coming to a town near you, you definitely want to catch this tour. Um, you get to see uh, Dolph Ziggler at some of those shows too. And looking back at uh, some of the other talent that we get to talk about here today is WWE celebrating 20 years of the Viper, Randy Orton. Of course, uh, you go way back with Randy. Is it any surprise to you that we are currently celebrating 20 years of Randy? Well, yeah, I think it's a surprise when anyone makes it 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, you know, it's so, I, t- I try to tell people that it's it's a marathon, not a sprint. And not to get too dejected. I remember, you know, not to be a name dropper, but if you're going to drop a name, might as well be Becky Lynch's name. And <laughs> prior to being the man, you know, she was uh, – yeah, quite frustrated. I was say a little frustrated. She probably more than a little. And I mm-hmm. remember talking to her on the phone, and I was, uh, uh, I, first of all, I was not aware that the women had be- started becoming far better compensated in the modern era because. Uh, Thank God for that. As, yeah, really. As long as I know John and the coach, I only had one argument. That's when uh, he was maligning the good name of Stacy Keebler. Uh, because Stacy didn't want to come back. She wanted to do other things. And so I cut, you know, what we in the trade we call a promo on coach about how, unlike those guys, the women didn't have their travel, but, you know, they didn't get the rental cars or hotels paid for. They were expected to be great ambassadors of the company. They were expected to look good at all times. They're traveling the globe. And in the end, after taxes, they're not making I just, I didn't think it was in keeping with what a, a superstar should be making. Mm-hmm. So uh, back, I was telling Becky, you know, you need to, don't, don't rule out the independence. Uh, you might feel like a great weight is off your shoulder. And then I said, Hey, I'd never inquire, rarely inquire about money. I said, if you don't mind giving me a ballpark figure as to what you made. And as soon as she told me, I said, well, you've got to stay. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. Was it, I was so happy that the, you know, the finances had picked up, but I remember the advice I gave her was be patient and be ready. And then I gave her a story about me in Memphis in 1988, you know, like 
having stuff in my head so that when I did get a chance to talk on live TV, I was ready. Um, so uh, I don't know if that's actually an answer to any question you asked or maybe just me randomly going off. <laughs> well, I, I think it's about, it. <laughs> it's about weathering the storm. And I think Randy is one oh, of those yeah, people yeah, okay. over the past 20 years where it's yeah. like, you know, you look gotcha. at the, I wouldn't even say there's been many downs in the career of Randy Orton, but maybe the, the speed has, you know, stopped and slowed down a little bit here and there uh, throughout those 20 years. But I mean, you talk about somebody weathering that storm. Randy Orton is a, a prime example of that. Thank you for Thank you for putting me back on track, Renee. Um, I was off. I got you. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's the, the surprising thing is that anybody can uh, perform on that level for 20 years. And one of the challenges, as you know, in wrestling is to tweak, adjust things before the fans realize they need adjusting. And uh, going back to what uh, I'd say about it being a, a marathon, not a sprint, as you know, Randy's got enough experience to where he can really enjoy this, uh, this teaming with uh, Riddle. Because mm -hmm. traditionally, you know, two superstars form, they're together for a matter of weeks or months. And then they're on to the next thing. And here's a really good thing they've done that's taken up most of the past year. Really enjoyable. And it kind of allows Randy to take a break from being the primary focus so that when he once again is, he'll come back with, uh, you know, that renewed vigor. How do you see that going? If you are doing some fantasy booking, what do you do with Randy? <laughs> Oh, well, I think that the wheels were in motion for a turn a while back, but I, I guess, uh, you know, I'm not in the midst of it anymore. Uh, my guess is that it was just thought to be really enjoyable. And I'm, I, I believe that both guys uh, involved in it are enjoying it. You know, it's a, it's a lot of weight on your shoulders to go out yeah. there and try to down the house every night. So when you have a younger teammate, you know, that's a good thing. And uh, I have no doubt we'll see Randy uh, sooner or later back in the uh, in the, the singles thing. But it's, this is really enjoyable, allows him to show a different side. And, uh, yeah, I think it's a, a really fun part of the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Hall of Fame sportscaster Leslie Visser, and I've got a new podcast, In Conversation, where I'll draw from 45 years of covering the Final Four, the NBA Finals, Wimbledon, the World Series, the Super Bowl, the Olympics. CBS even sent me to the fall of the Berlin Wall. I think you'll enjoy the give and take, so subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts or listen on the SXM app included in most subscriptions. Mick, do you have a favorite Randy Orton from uh, from your time that you guys were able to work together? I do. I do. So first, let me set the scene, uh, because first of all, doing a Mr. McMahon impression makes me happy. And <laughs> make sure Hit us with it. <laughs> so back in 2003, I had, uh, I, I guess I had the poll that I would call Vince one day with an idea and then I would be in his office pitching it because I was one of the few guys who lived within driving distance of Stanford. Right. And so I get in, it's like um, the fall of 2003. He says, okay, what you got? What do you, what do you got, pal? I said, well, Vince, I'd like to enter the Royal Rumble. Keep in mind, I hadn't wrestled in four years. Uh, at that point, three and a half years. I said, I'd like to enter the Rumble and win it. And because I'm not 
technically a SmackDown or a Raw guy, I would like to challenge both champions to a three-way match, win that at Mania, and become the undisputed champion. And without even like blinking, Vince just replies, I have no interest whatsoever in doing that. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I said, okay, I've got a plan B. I've got this idea for me and Randy Orton. And um, he just, he had a yellow legal pad. He was taking down all these notes. And by the time the meeting was over, we had this uh, idea for me and Randy to, uh, and I, it was, you know, it was, um, it all uh, balanced on me being the first guy to walk away from a match, to, just to, to have a crisis of confidence. And uh, basically, uh, I guess, check it out would be, the, you know, one expression. And I, I Vince didn't want me to do it. Stephanie called me up. He said, we're going to have evolution attack you. Uh, I said, why, what happened to me? Uh, you know, uh, stepping out on the match. He said, my dad doesn't think the fans will ever forgive you. So I said, okay, I'm going to call your dad. So I called Vince and he was like, Vic, you just worked so hard. I'd hate to have the fans uh, rebel on you that way. I said, Vince, you're a big fan of Westerns, right? He said, yeah. I said, go back and watch Shane and tell me how good that movie is if he accepts the challenge the first time. Because the entire movie is predicated on this guy finding that deep, dark part of his soul that he thought he'd left behind. And they went with my idea, but I had to talk Randy into spitting on me on camera. Mm. Yeah, he did not want to do it. And then he finally said, he, he said, Mick, why, uh, uh, what if I just pretend like I won't really spit on you? He said, Randy, this is one of the most important moments of your career. I said, you need to dig down as deep into your lungs as you can. <laughs> and the people need to see that residue and proving he was a gamer when it came time to do it you would have never guessed that he was you know hesitating on that he just dug it down deep and he launched that loogie and it was hanging all over me and it was awful but it was exactly what we needed and so i think that uh, that entire storyline was among the very best things that I've ever been part of. And I think if there's one specific memory, other than the backlash match, was, which was 18 years uh, ago last week. Wow. It was getting, yeah, yeah, time flies, right? Honestly. Uh, it was getting into Edmonton the night before and having him come up to my room, which I'd never done, never done that before with anybody. Uh, I never had it done to me. And I just remember how wide his eyes were, how much he was absorbing everything. And I think that had I not got into Edmonton a day early, because I did cancel something at a community college, some kind of uh, picnic uh, the day of the show. Um, and I canceled it because I wanted to be 100%. And so that mm -hmm. was my best memory of having Randy uh, just sitting there, eyes wide open, absorbing everything. And then, turning in uh, one of the best performances of his career. 
you know, it's so cool hearing that and knowing that story of him like digging deep and to like deliver on that moment because yeah. with the that new series that's come out with WWE Evil and you the the Randy episode where he's talking about getting into character and what it's like for him before he walks out of that um, the curtain and gorilla and him just like getting his veins popping and turning into like the Viper. It's I mean he is just one of the absolute best to do it, and a man that just keeps getting better. I can't believe that he just keeps getting better. And, I mean, you love to see it, and also love to see how many people are just, uh, they're here for this version of Randy Orton. I mean, the guy can do no wrong right now. He's just firing on all cylinders. Hats off to that man. Would you like to hear a random Orton fact? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually teamed up with Randy's dad, Cowboy Bob Orton, and I believe that Randy was on the tour of Aruba and Curacao, uh, during which my wife and I uh, conceived our first child. Yeah. Wow. wow. Look at that. <laughs> think, A little romance. I think, was, I think he was 13 at the time. <laughs> so you uh, really see well, him grow up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Know, you know, his dad, uh, man, his dad, you know, I think I described his dad in one of my books as uh, it was like, uh, <laughs> it's like somebody in Brenda Vaccaro, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the male guy, it was like if they married and then he gargled with razor blades, that was the type of voice that Bob had. And he was a great technician and a really, you know, really good uh, amateur wrestler in his day, as was uh, Randy. And so it was in his blood, even though Randy said it during the course of one year, his dad was only home like 20 days during the, uh, yeah. yeah, which before Vince got the uh, uh, travel down in a more humanitarian method, they were just going every day uh, with no real rhyme or reason as to geography. Yeah. Thank God they got that sorted. Yeah. It's a lot better now. <laughs> Well, let's let's switch gears a little bit, but not too much. Let's talk a little bit about AEW. Um, I want to ask you about the Owen Hart tournament. What do you think about that? Well, well, first of all, feel free to spread rumors uh, about AEW uh, being really interested with me. Uh, or Dash and Wheeler are uh, talking it up. I saw this. Out. I saw you tweeting about this. It worked out so well for Brett. <laughs> like, a quiet, lucrative deal. Like, yeah, what is like, this lucrative deal? Oh, come on. I think, it's just, I think that there's a handful of guys they don't want to see in uh, uh, enemy territory. Uh, they've taken on some major uh, losses. And I was like, hey, mm-hmm. I might as well dangle my line out there in the water and see if I can land one Might as well. Quiet, lucrative deals. Look, uh, I'll be honest, Ray. I don't watch as much as I used to, right? So I, uh, I, ca- I catch it when I can. I turn it on. I like what AEW is doing. <clears throat> I love the idea of honoring Owen Hart. Like it's, uh, uh, it's, uh, it's way overdue. And I know that it means a lot to people uh, like those guys, like the top guys. You know, the Owen Hart tournament, that's it, man. It's a beautiful thing. I think that they should do it every week. And, uh, you know, this whole forbidden door uh, concept where partners get to wrestle partners, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm Never definitely looking for... What is doing there. With what? 
it would never mind what your husband is doing with that company. Oh, man. Right? How about that Blackpool Combat Club, huh? They're out there doing it. I love that Regal's out there with them. It's amazing. It's good. Yeah, it's, it's really good. great. He was such a great talent. still remains a great talent. And I was like, when I saw that he was gone from NXT, man, I, you know, just uh, was a, bad, a head scratcher for sure. And just Certainly. to reiterate, uh, you know, man, I enjoyed John's book. I thought it was great. And, oh, uh, thanks. Yeah. And uh, uh, no question, my sandwich making has picked up uh, considerably. <laughs> you know what? Down. That guy pisses me off. You know, often he's like, I'm going to release a cookbook. I'm the real cook around here, which is bullshit, by the way. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's trying he to consider sandwich on my making cookbook. cooking. Is he, does. he does. He does. <laughs> yes. He does make a yeah. good sandwich, but Misha's yeah, there, there's a. <laughs> he take, he puts so much love and attention into that chapter and explains the uh, errors <laughs> of some sandwich makers make. And then the very next chapter, it's some in-depth, you know, uh, philosophy on the inner workings of wrestling. So it runs the gamut. And my feeling is, hey, you know what, if you're not, because I know I would receive attention, if, you know, some uh, criticism because not every chapter in my books are about wrestling. And it's like, Dude, if you don't like it, skip it, you know, like, yeah, not interested in the sandwich stuff, skip it. You know, if you're not interested, you know, in an album review, skip that part is I try. Trust me, there's a lot of great stuff in that book. Yeah, it is good. Uh, you can definitely hear about uh, how John was supposed to initially go into a program with Mick Foley to get his start in WWE. It's a it's True. a really, really great story. It's, it's a good story. We won't spoil it here. Uh, but Mick, thank you so much for, for joining us here. Always so great to see you. And a, a reminder to uh, to see the... See the the nice day tour that's in Tacoma, Washington tomorrow night. Tacoma Comedy Club. Get out there. There's four tickets left, and you can see Mick Foley in the flesh. Mick, yeah, so good to see hey, you. Thanks so much. Uh, go to realmickfoley.com for those tickets. And Misha, expect a uh, letter from uh, Santa sometime in December. I will. One for me and one for my kids too, please. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Take I care, Mick. Can I leave you with a little Kurt Angle story? Sure. It's, you, you can tell with these letters, right? They take a lot of time to do, right? It's, the care in, is obvious. So, um, you know, I've been doing it for a couple of years for Kurt, but Kurt slides in there. Oh, thanks, Mick. Yeah, we're really looking forward to it. Could you write three letters this year? <laughs> <laughs> One for each child. And I'm in a little <laughs> hotel in Asheville. North Carolina, it's like, I have to keep reminding myself that he's an Olympic gold medalist. Like, don't <laughs> Just do yeah. the three letters. Just, just do it out there. I think that's so cool that you do that. Just to clarify for people who don't know, because that's something I learned that you did too, is like you actually write, handwrite Santa letters. In calligraphy, to, they're beautiful. In calligraphy, yeah to, yeah, to kids. So I think that's really neat if anybody's, I don't uh, know, do you, do you sell it or do you just do it for people who are personal? Like personal well, you know, I, I just do them. I, I do write about 40 or 50 for friends, family, and colleagues. And last year I did auction off two for uh, a group called Jerry. Christmas Magic, you know, it helps oh. the underprivileged. And they went for 250 a piece. Wow, so, cool. Yeah, open up 10 to the public and try to raise some money for people who could use it. Might as well. That's awesome. Well, Mick, have a blast <laughs> on the rest of your tour and uh, hopefully I'll get to see you soon. I hope so. It was great talking to both of you. Bye. Thanks, Mick. Bye. Bye. 
Throwing Down with Renee and Misha is part of the Sirius XM Podcast Network. The show is produced by Michael Russo and Kelly Murphy. Sound designed by Nari Balin. Special thanks to Sirius XM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cohen, and Sirius XM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. Sirius XM Podcasts.